0: Father, Prior gracious blessing, I uh, again uh, offer a little sermon um, on the very, very interesting and important feast day that we are preparing for. In the Middle Ages, up to modern times, St. John's Eve and St. John's Day has been hugely important. Especially Northern Europe, in Northern climes where there are there's a greater extremity in terms of um, uh, uh, less daylight in uh, in winter and more daylight in uh, summer. We certainly have that here. Those of us who have uh, moved here from other places uh, uh, or have been a little bit taken aback with with the uh, especially in, uh, in winter with the darkness, there's more darkness than than we would have in other places. So um, it's quite, uh, it's quite something to get used to. So you can understand how the highest point in terms of the, the, the most light in the year, the summer solstice, And this used to be regarded. This day used to be regarded as the summer solstice. Solstice in the Middle Ages. You can understand how this is hugely important in those cultures where, in in winter, you just don't get enough light. And so, when there is sunlight, people want to get out and enjoy it and celebrate it. It used to be huge in Ireland. Uh, I think it's still. fairly kept up in the Northwest, I hear. I don't know, uh, maybe, where is, uh, oh, he's not here. I was going to ask Desmond, but uh, that's what I hear. St. John the Baptist used to be right up there with Our Lady and St. Joseph. In fact, there was a time when when, uh, St. Joseph was less venerated, And St. John the Baptist was more venerated. And the proof of that is when you look (coughs) at the Confidior in the Mass, the Confidior invokes St. John the Baptist, but does not invoke St. Joseph. That's not to say that St. Joseph is not a great saint. It's just that uh, uh, some saints uh, come into their own a little bit later. Uh, uh, But St. John the Baptist used to be huge, huge. And of course, you can see this also, that If at the end of Mass, the priest reads the prologue of uh, St. John the Apostle, the prologue of St. John mentions in every single, uh, the priest will mention it at at the end of every single Mass, uh, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for witness, to bear witness of the light, and then he says he was not that light. And so light is this very, very important image in the feast of of St. John the Baptist. Light and fire. Our Lord says that St. John the Baptist was a a burning and a shining light, a torch. Uh, And this is probably a reference to uh, when the book of Sirach says that uh, Elias the prophet stood up like fire. Uh, Our Lord would have known that. And of course, he says, St. Luke says that he, uh, St. John the Baptist comes in the spirit and the power of Elijah, of Elias. So there's that aspect of of the fire. Um, It has to do with also, and this, this is quite brilliant, and you would think that there's an actual... And divine intelligence behind all of this, that it isn't just a bunch of coincidences, that the date of the birth of St. John the Baptist coincides with the time, the, the highest point of the light, when it starts to go down, 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 down again, until the lowest point, the summer solstice which in the Middle Ages was reckoned to be around the Feast of St. Lucy, Lucy, Lucia, Lux, Lucis. So there's that symbolism as well. But St. John the Baptist was the one who said, I must decrease, he must increase. And so when the summer light is at its lowest, 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 that's when the light of our Lord around Advent and Christmas, uh, uh, you know, the conception uh, 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 of, of the, sorry, the immaculate the conception of Our Lady and then the, the birth of our Lord, that's when things start going up, 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 up again. So all of this is very important. Uh, the last thing I'll say, because we don't have a huge amount of time, is that you might hear that this is all a bunch of paganism that's been papered over by Christianity. There's a certain amount of truth to that, because there would have been summer solstice celebrations. However, this is not the origin of what the Church does. You've probably also heard that Christmas, December twenty-fifth, is pagan and has to do with the worship of the sun. And the Church came along and said, well, we're just going to Christianize this. Absolutely false. The belief of the early Church was that our Lord was crucified on March the 25th, and that he was conceived at the Annunciation on the same day, March the 25th. March the 25th to December the 25th, nine months so also with St. John the Baptist. St. John the Baptist was conceived six months before our Lord was conceived. That brings him back to September the 24th, which is a feast day in the Orthodox Church. The feast of the conception of St. John the Baptist in the womb of his mother. September 24th. And then his birth six months after the nativity of our Lord on June the 24th. All of this fits together perfectly. Uh, it has nothing to do with the, the some sort of paganism that has been uh, uh, sort of not very skillfully papered over by the Church. That being said, the coincidence is such that the Church can say, when, when bringing the, the Gospel to pagan nations that have these things, to say, oh, by the way, what you've been doing, let me show you what it's really about. It's about our Lord Jesus Christ. So do it, continue it, but in the spirit of the gospel, in the spirit of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the Church never, ever, ever discourages uh, uh, people, uh, the traditional customs of the people as long as they are innocent and uh, can be reinterpreted. Okay? So in places like uh, Ireland it used to be the case that there were midsummer uh, uh, festivals, perhaps there still are, but I think increasingly they're going back to a pagan uh, emphasis. Sadly, with all sorts of funny neo-pagan people running around with, uh, God knows what, uh, <laughs> you know, nose rings and, and things like this. Uh, the, the druids of old would have eaten these people for breakfast, um, but. Uh, 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 but all these things, the dancing, the games, the swimming, by the way, swimming, this was the day that was the inauguration of the swimming season, which is interesting because the brothers are going to walk to the beach today, and that wasn't planned, it just, I just read that, literally. Um, prayers for good weather, that's interesting, prayers for good weather, that the crops may be preserved. Uh, uh, because the other uh, aspect of the Feast of St. John the Baptist <coughs> image is barrenness and fruitfulness. Barrenness and fruitfulness. Elizabeth was barren, and our Lord made her womb fruitful. And so we ask, uh, in, particularly in a rural area like this, we ask God's blessing on this day uh, for the crops. Also, this is the last thing I'll say, this is also the day that, it, in Ireland, again, when you had old rosaries that were broken, or old holy pictures that needed to be disposed of, different kinds of sacramentals, you threw them in the bonfire. You threw them in the bonfire of, of St. John. Um, so it's, it's quite brilliant. It all, it, you know, Christendom used to have it all figured out. Um, so keep that in mind too, brothers, that uh, if we have things to burn, then this is the time to do it. So, uh, uh, happy feast to you all, and um, remember that uh, Christendom has fallen on hard times, but please God, all of these lovely things will, will come back someday. In the name of the Father and the Son of God.